Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouch, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouch Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Apostle Dr. Christian Harfouch. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouch Ministries podcast. you could stay on your feet for a minute look at me if you can we believe as you know that Christ won an absolute and permanent victory over any and all enemies and contradictions to his plan And his goodness on behalf of his people and in his people's lives. We don't believe that theoretically. We don't just merely believe that theologically. We believe that eternally. And I have come today to remind you. Of what you believe. I'm literally. Sent by the Lord to awaken in you. Something. You gave your eternal life. To represent. And that something is a someone. He is more than a conqueror. He's come from heaven all the way to earth and put on humanity and as the man defeated every devil every principality every power as a prayer warrior received every answer that is needed on behalf of his people as a representative sinless spotless lamb of God who went to the cross as a sacrifice for you and I to satisfy heaven with the ultimate and the most powerful, relevant, and final sacrifice so that you can be lifted up out from under the imprisonment of an adversary, out and away from the bondage of the evil one, and to stand on this earth with authority and with dominion and with victory. In the middle of an enemy that is working overtime to divide parents from children, husbands from wives, Christian from Christian. And yet, I've come to remind you how old you're going to be in 10 billion years. Don't you let... rob you and have an eternal victory. This is very important not only for me to know what I believe 
but for me to remind you what you believe. Because if you don't remember what you believe, you won't keep what you used to believe. And there's always a reason, isn't there? Why that's, that's okay, but then I got situations. Listen, don't let an illusion rob you of the permanency of what God did for you. Don't let an illusion. When you come to the house of God and he's there, worship God. have a minute you know I love you right now we'll see what happens today We'll see what happens. Do you have your Bible hard copy? You have, you have, your, whatever I device you have, you could also open it. Look with me at the first epistle of John. The first epistle of John. And we're going to look, if, if we can, at chapter 3, verse 2. Now we're going to find out today, I want you to look at him for a minute. The moment you hear something today that you've never heard of your entire Christian experience, but you know it's the truth, you'll jump up and shout. Is, is it a deal? It's going to be a long day. Well, might as well begin with verse 1. Just to make sure we're consistent with the chapter divisions. Not that they're inspired, but they're, they're there. Behold the chapter divisions, that is. The scriptures inspired. You wouldn't have to say that if everybody was I am I, right? How many I am I do we have? Just want to make sure that people listening that don't take doctor out of context and say that I said the scriptures weren't inspired. You know, some people just, you know, they get hung up over commas and periods. Did you have a question, Sister Miracle? Come on, go ahead. 
You're waiting for the, you're waiting for the resurrection. Well, do you have the word today? Yes. The first epistle, epistle of John, chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Actually, let's read verse 1 and verse 2 together. Ready? Yes. Read. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And if you can, please turn the page to um, the chapter, next chapter, chapter 4. And let's read together verse 17 um, of, the, of the fourth chapter. Ready? Yes. Go. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, hold the word above your head. Say, this is the word of God. Not an opinion. Not, an opinion. not, tradition. not tradition. Not subject to debate. Not subject to debate. Alive. Alive. God said, God said I, believe. I believe. And that settles it. That he is who he says he is. He, is he, he will do what he says he will do. I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have and today I can do what he said I can do now if you believe that set the Bible down give God the greatest shout of praise he's ever heard you give him Praise God forever. You may be seated. Very important for us to remember today some of the key, I'm going to use the word fundamentals of the Christian faith. I'm talking about what Christ put in motion that you and I could stand on. What is a reliable foundation that he has given us that belongs to the new covenant? Not some kind of a debatable circumstance that fades away whenever sometimes get tough. But a connection with eternity. That has never been overcome for 2,000 years. One of the things we're going to touch on today has to do with the purchase, the successful purchase or redemption that Christ 
accomplished on our behalf. The Apostle Paul is clear about it. What know you not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What's the next verse? And you're not your own. Hit someone say, I belong to somebody. Now listen, I love you today, but your enemy is not going to lay down and let you win. You're going to have to rise up and have faith in your authority. You're going to have to believe in an authority not everybody's talking about, not everybody's preaching, but the word of God has supplied you with an authority that cannot be refuted. Your enemy is not going to lay down, but he doesn't have to because your ally, the Lord of heaven has granted you the ability to be as he is in this world. You may be seated. So the apostle Paul, just to make sure that we're not robbing anybody. He said, and I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. And then he says, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you and you're not your own. So now we know that physically you're bought. Prayer requests from all over the world, repeatedly, daily. Dr. Rob and I are witnesses. So is our team. Daily praying for your miracles. Some that were here just recently in the camp meeting. You had seven, eight, and sometimes nine incurable diseases in one human body. Healed instantly by the power of God. It is not God's will for you to be afflicted or for you to die young. It is God's will to keep you, to hold you, to deliver you, to help you every step of the way. We serve a good God. We don't serve an evil God. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. I'm paid for. I belong to God. Now I don't plan to stop declaring the word of the living God. I have an appointment with eternity. Is there anybody here that is called to be a champion? Your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. So today, if I was going to preach today, I'm going to call this message. As he is, so are we in this world. Get ready ahead of time. Your enemy will say, who do you think you are? Never mind who I thought I was. As he is. As he is. So are we in this world. Now I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I want to, I want to give you something. Before I, I move back into first, first John. Because I'm talking to the Lord. About this week. 
Hit someone and say, this week. week. See, this week, I'm talking to the Lord about this week. That what I've been preaching and declaring about the open heaven in your life will be experienced this week. Now, I'm not... Now, I'm not saying it's not experienced in other times. I am saying that the Lord did not do everything that he did so that you would do without everything that he supplied. So this week, in the name that is above every name, heaven will shower you, will rain upon you. The rivers of God will flood into your arena and anything that is dry will be filled with life and anything that is weak will be strengthened and revived in your life abundance of the goodness of God will overtake you my 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 now I I'm talking to the Lord about that are you listening do you have a minute you may be seated is it okay if I get ahead of myself and then go back conclusion when we look at 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, the apocalypse or the revelation, and we look at the gospel of John, we are seeing the ministry of an apostle that outlived everybody. We have to recognize that for a minute because when John the revelator was on the... Um, at that great catch of fish, the, the 153. Do you remember the Lord after he served us fish and bread and all that? He said, come and eat. And then he sat down and he began to talk ministerially immediately. Oh, we're going to go there later. But this part here we're not going to touch on because you know it. It's where he says, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? Do you lo-? And three times publicly, he affirms the ministry of a disciple that had denied him. How many know that? Then Kephas or Peter says, what about this one? And the Lord said, what is that to you if I desire, if I wish that he remains till I come? Follow thou me. You follow me. And then John almost finishes his gospel By saying, so the word spread throughout all, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it to you. Go back to the 21st chapter. I have a little time today. Because I looked at a couple faces and I thought, my Lord, I got my work cut off for me today. But it's all right. I'll roll up my sleeves because by the end of today, I will. Everything you need will be made available to you. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Is that all right? Look at that with me. 
At the last, last part of, of verse um, there in, in the 21st chapter, and he says, if I will that, what is it, what? Yeah, he says, then, well, let, let's go look at verse 22. And he says to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went out this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said, not unto him he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifies of these things and wrote these things and we know that his testimony is true and there are also many other things which Jesus did the which if they should be written everyone I suppose that even the whole world itself the world itself could not contain the books that should be written amen Do you notice that the rumor or the conclusion about John never dying spread abroad to all the disciples? Did you read that? Did you notice that? So he's not talking about in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. He's talking about after the gospel has reached Asia Minor, reached the known world then that word that was reported that had taken place on the shore was spread. Now, how do we know that? You may be seated. How do we know that? Now, how many of you have never heard that before? You've never heard that before. How many have never heard that before? Do you know that this gospel was written by John? Shortly after he was exiled to Patmos. And he was released from Patmos after 18 months. And then he released the gospel of John. This is what most theologians believe. It was released when he was in his 90s. How many didn't know that? Well you should have jumped up and shouted right now. You never... Because the Holy Spirit moved on this man who the Roman Empire hated. The godless hated him. They wanted to stop him. Peter was already martyred. Paul was martyred. James, the brother of John, the beloved, was already martyred. Stephen was the first martyr of the church. The brother of the Lord, James, was already martyred. The city of Jerusalem was already plundered, you know, invaded by Rome. They took this man and put him in boiling oil. But he wouldn't boil. Why? Well, he believed as he is. He had a word from him. 
And so the Lord had said, what is it to you if I will that he remains? In other words, what's it to you if he's not supposed to be martyred? Is there anybody here that's going to live out your life in victory, authority, and dominion on behalf of the King of Glory? That's right. That's right. You, can, you may be seated. So, so by the time the apostle John, he, he, they try to boil him. He doesn't boil. They don't know what to do with him. They exile him the, off the coast of present-day Turkey. <laughs> In the Isle of Patmos, little island. Well, he's there, and next thing you know, he gets visited by the Lord. And the Lord personally shows up. Because he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's about 95 years old. He's in the spirit on the Lord's day. And you know the story. The Lord appears to him glorified. You know what I mean? Like royalty. And John falls to the ground, hits the ground. Jesus puts his right hand on him. And then he begins to give him direction, which I might touch on this week regarding your prophetic word. So when, when, he's, when he gets off of Patmos, he goes to, he writes the revelation and he writes in, in his 90s, as inspired by the Holy Spirit, the gospel according to John. He lists in his gospel some of the things that were not uh, listed in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then he lists in his gospel an expanded version of the dialogues that took place in certain places. Of course, you know, you must be, truly, truly, I say unto you, you must be born again, is John. So the church was already preaching that. But he's in his 90s. His friend, Kephas or Peter, is martyred. Paul is martyred. The other 11, because Paul wasn't of the 12. The other 11 were probably either martyred or martyred. (laughs) And now he has to release his gospel and he's pushing a hundred. He's pushing a hundred and he's looking at the second century approaching. And he sees backsliding in the world. And he sees people that are talking about Jesus not being raised bodily. And he sees agnostics in the world. And he sees all kinds of things in the world. And he calls it the spirit of Antichrist. So he has to make sure that he deals with all things that are not theology. So he said some people have been taught that the writer of this gospel will never die and that the Lord will return before he dies but that's not what he said how many of us are glad that that's not what he said because if he said that he would be a lying prophet but he didn't say that the Lord did not say that he will return before John dies But he did teach John that as he is, (laughs) 
teach him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he manifests, when his presence is here, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Not only ultimately in his bodily second return will I change permanently, but also progressively or continually in his presence, in my worship, in my study, in my praise, in my gathering, will I change. I'm changing into the same image from glory to glory, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. I'm changing. So they went out to fish. He puts this down, the only gospel that has it there in the 21st chapter. I don't know if you're ready for this. You need to, you need to sit down. You need to sit down. Because that's what it means. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he appears, that word appears is the Greek word for manifests or makes his presence known so it's not only limited to his second coming we can't limit God with his own word we have to believe what the word says so if God said you don't have to wait till the rapture to change then I'm going to say change me now some you, you guys, you believe what I believe, don't you? And so somebody might say, well, you know, but ultimately the real big change is at the rapture. Yes, but I'll settle for any kind of change right now. Even, <laughs> even little change is good change. When it's, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so this is what he says. It does not yet, man, it's not yet manifested what we will be. Why? Because what, who we are on the inside is not revealed visually to the world we're living in. Not even revealed to us. That's why we have to behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We can't behold as in a mirror our opinion. <laughs> How about anxieties? How about fears? How about your upbringing? How about what they said about you? How about what they're saying about you? You you can't behold that. But you can behold the glory of the Lord. Why? Because he's given us his, he's granting us his blessing. If the glory of the Lord is the presence of the Lord and the presence of the Lord changes me. So we know when he appears, we shall be like him. We will be compatible. I'm going to show you compatibility in a moment. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you uh, direction, command, enclosure, harvest, and then gathering, worship. So you may be seated just because you're going to jump up in a minute. I know it. I know it. So, the 40-day appearances of the Lord to us after his resurrection from the dead, to the disciples, the apostles, but to us because they're humans. And I'm not taking their word for it. 
I'm taking his word for it. Because it is him and his word that came through them. And how do we know? Because we have the same spirit of faith and his spirit bears witness with our spirit. We have the spirit of truth rightly dividing the word of truth. Hit someone and say, wake up, you need this. Don't be an IMI student. Don't be a GC member and let the trumpet wake you. Let the word wake you. I love you. And, and, and so the Lord says, see, he, he, uh, the, the, uh, the disciples, Kephas or Peter starts it off. I go, I go fishing. I'm going fishing. And then the rest of us said, well, we go with your, you know, out of the seven, five are named and by name. So we're out there fishing and all night passes and we caught and the Lord first first question the Lord says do you have any food and we say no 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 okay now you know this right you could K and OW right you know this so he's, he asks, do you have any, any food? And they say no. And he says, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you will find. He's on the shore. We're somewhere else. It's a very strong First Testament. Still on earth, our Lord. Revelation. Of his word power. He gives us a word. And before anybody could think. We threw the net in differently. All night they were throwing the net. In effort form. But in the morning, they cast the net one time in authority fashion. All night, my God. Stay like that. I'm, I'm going I'm to have to go with it because otherwise you're going to be doing this. Cast the net on the right side of the ship and you will find his word. Went into hearing. The entrance of his word gives, it gives understanding. And the word is near me. Where does it go? Where does it go first? Notice there was no shortage of fishermen. There was a shortage of a kind. As he is. 
And so he gave us the ability to be catchers. And when he spoke that word, the word went into our being and all of a sudden strength went into every part of our being. And we, from a place of authority, today you're a catcher. Today you're a commander. Today you're a captain. Today you're a leader. Not only did the strength translate to us, because it's very obvious we caught the fish, and they were great fish, that means very large. They were heavy fish. We already talked about it. It was almost 4,000 plus or 4,500 pounds. It's a lot of fish. But the net didn't break. Whatever tool God gave you, to catch this end time harvest on behalf of God, whether it's a business model, whether, whether, whether it is an intellect, whether it is the anointing plus everything else, that thing will not schism, it will not break. Nothing that is formed against you will prosper against what you... Now, anytime you'd like, you can get excited about the word of God. I have no plan B. I have Christ Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I've been serving him for many, many years. And I'm not about to trade him for anybody else in the hour that we're living in right now. Thank you very much. Not one net broke, not one thing broke because the Lord's word was on it. It's very important. He's training us already on his departure. I'm going to go away bodily, he told us. Well, is that worse for us or better for us? The strength goes into them and when they enclosed, immediately they enclosed. Isn't that right? The catch a great catch of fish. You can sit down if you'd like. And then John said, it's the Lord. Do you know who changed you? You know who catches. You know who gets the results. And, and so, so, the, the, um, the, the uh, disciples brought the ship to the shore dragging the net because they couldn't get the net in the vessel and when we got to the shore the Lord had a feast there it's never recorded in any other gospel this is the only time when eating and drinking with the Lord on the shore constituted two provisions one that we caught supernaturally and the other one we had no idea where it came from I think it's Jesus' way of saying I am not limited to whether or not you obey me 
Because, you know, Jesus is not, you know, is not an elected official. People say whatever they want to about the Lord now, but ultimately they're going to have to face it. It feels a little funny in here, doesn't it? (laughs) Funny in a good way. How many have heard people say, well, when I see the Lord, I'm going to ask him. (laughs) How many have heard that? Now, come on. Are you for real? When you see the Lord, you're going to ask him, what if you just go? And he's like, hold on for a couple of million years. we come to the shore he's got the fish he's got the bread he's got the coals he's got coals of fire this is a place where there's a an altar spread and he said bring of the fish you've caught an invitation for what for worship and communion we we recognize who he is we recognize he's God he's he's the Lord you have a minute you may be seated Just for the sake of helping us here. How many would like to experience in your life today and in this week. Everything the Lord has for you in the area of solical. Your thoughts. Um, emotions. Mind. As well as physical. Your health. And your youth and energy and vitality. Okay. For the sake of helping our faith. Let's look at what happened with the original apostles. And disciples when the Lord rose from the dead. I'm in the 21st chapter of John. I'm actually in the 20th. So the Lord had had then verse 19 said. Peace be unto you. And when he had so said. He showed unto them his hands. And his side. Then were the disciples glad. When they saw the Lord. Do you notice here as we taught in FCD and in first century discipleship, I want to exhort you. If the call of God is on your life, don't miss the opportunity of investing in, in God's ability to keep you and, um, and help you fulfill what he's done in your life. The last FCD session, Dr. Robin is my witness, right? Five days and uh, taught about four to five hours a day. Dr. Robin was on online with us for about half of every day, then running the team. The energy of the Lord on me to teach these sessions were just unprecedented. This is the single most powerful FCD week we've ever had. 
We have over a hundred people representing a ton of nations, a ton of states that were taking what needs to be received to their movements, churches, following, etc. But most importantly, you. So we touched on, on this. We touched on the Lord not only presenting himself so that we can handle him. So that could be in the DNA of the church. Now I'm going to touch on that in the upcoming first century discipleship. But I wanted to draw you into that for a minute. Because when he showed his hands and he showed his side. He's actually showing the finished work of redemption or purchased. Purchase. So not only does, does the Lord ascend to heaven to, to um, perform the high priestly role on your behalf and my behalf and is able to come down for um, Mary Magdalene and the apostles and the disciples to handle him because the blood was already presented and the vindication of, of, of God was already extended to humanity. Because this is my blood which is shed for... Yeah. So it's, it's shed for you. It's shed for me. Well, once heaven was given the witness of the Lord, then the power of his redemption could flow in our life. And then it's okay for him to be handled by us. Remember I told you compatibility? Compatibility means we can be communicated with by the Lord, vice versa, on the same level or a... Um, a pliable level of understanding. Everything I'm saying is interesting. Yes. It is. Yes. Otherwise, we can't sit with the Lord, eat with the Lord, talk to the Lord, unless there's a barrier between us and Him. So if the, in the beginning, first century church early Christianity, there was no barrier, then that connection had been already taken care of by him and his end. And by his presence, people were made qualified for his audience. So is he here right now? So by his presence, you're qualified To believe rather than doubt. Receive rather than deny. My God. My God. My God. By his presence. You're changed. Do you have a minute? And so the apostles saw that. And then you remember in the next. uh, In the appearance of the Lord. he, He appears to us and. We check his hands, we check his side. Those are the marks of the covenant, but they're the marks of of redemption or purchase. So what we saw on the cross was our Lord shed his blood, laid down his life, died. And then on the third day he rose again. Now everybody wants to know, is it a ghost? Is it a spirit? Or did the one that came to seek and save that which is lost successfully accomplish victory on behalf of the human race and now is alive 
to go ahead and give us the torch to run the race set before us in his name and by his authority. We want to find out if the Lamb of God that was slain took away the sin of the whole world. Is he alive? And so this thing that we have the blessing to read in in, in Galatians 2 and 20 by the Apostle Paul. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, but it's Christ. That's, the Apostle Paul didn't come up with that. Christ came up with that. Christ is the first one that said, look at my hands. That's you crucified. You don't have to be crucified. I died for you. You see my son? I died for you. As I am, so are you. Though you were dead, yet shall you live. So now, now when I look in the mirror and I see the Lord, I see nail prints in his hands. I see his side is pierced. I know that's humanity. I know that he took my place. I know that I deserve the curse. I know that I was raised together with him. That's Ephesians, first chapter. And he raised us up together. And made us sit together in heaven. So it's on both sides. It isn't just for me to touch the nail prints and know that he's the redeemer. It's for me to remind myself that I was crucified with Christ. Therefore, I'm not indebted to this world. I'm, I, I will not bow my knee to the devil. I will not bow my knee to the system. I will not work. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Been redeemed. You've been redeemed. So he says, You see this, you see the stripes, you see the, the, the scars, you see the payment. It's paid in full for you. Now come and gather around these coals, this fish, and this bread, and bring what you caught out there by my empowerment and bring it to what I have over here by my identity as God come on let's eat together come on let's fellowship together I want to stop for a minute child of God don't you ever think that your supply is only in the sea don't you ever think that your supply is only in the marketplace don't you ever think that your supply is only in the world you have an invisible supplier So when we saw the Lord, how many want, to, want me to stay on that a little bit? Yes. And, and he appears and, and Thomas says, you know, you remember the story, unless I put my hands and thrust my hand, I will not believe. He was saying the same thing the apostles did. The apostles said, we saw him and he showed us his hands and he showed us his side and he's alive. Thomas wasn't with him. Thomas said, well, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hands. I, unless I do that, I won't believe. But what was the key to the side and the hands? 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Old Testament sacrifices. Whether it was the bird, the law of the leper, or the lamb, or whatever it was, the, the visual of the animal split in two, hands and feet crossed out. The visual of that, that thing was all looking forward to when Messiah comes. Now all of a sudden, everybody knows he died. Everybody knows he was in the grave. I'm talking about the apostles, the disciples. It's quiet in this Methodist church. Are you here? Yes. And he's, he's, he's already nailed to the tree. His side is pierced to verify he's dead. And then he's raised from the dead and he says, here it is, the marks of the covenant. You're bought. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. If I'm not my own, if you're not your own, then where does the devil get off putting symptoms of physical weakness on the body that God? My God! My God! My God! My God! The Lord bought you with his own blood! You have a minute? Yes. So, so he's saying, here it is, look. This is the price. It's paid in full. I'm the price. I'm appearing to you. I paid for you with my life. I'm appearing to you. Now come on and eat. And let's fellowship around the holy realm of no division. Open heaven. On your boat, on your ship, on your business, on your family, on your ministry, on your church, on your call, on your walk, on your talk, on your faith, on your prayer. Should I? So literally, the account is like like the dream that Jacob had about Jacob's ladder, which showed that God or the Lord is the unifier of heaven and earth, and that there is a communication channel for those who have a covenant. Well, what was a dream to Jacob was an invitation by the Lord to us. Because the founding fathers of the church ate bread and fish with the king. 
And this founding father continued all the way pushing the second century. It's almost like the 21st century. It's like I'm living in the days of Antichrist. But they can't boil me. They can't kill me. They can't stop me. I'm still alive. Peter's dead. Paul is dead. All of them went home to be with the Lord. But I'm still here being a In his 90s, he's there and the Lord, the Lord shows up and he falls at his feet as dead. And the Lord lays his hand, right hand on his head and strengthens him. And the Lord said, what you see, write it in a book. You're not a hundred yet. You're not going to die in exile. You're going to come out from under the dominion of, of Caesar. You're going to write my book. You're going to preach my word. So while the, while the Holy Spirit's moving on the Apostle John, he goes and he cannot conclude his gospel without, without saying, all right, listen, this is, this is the great miracle that happened. He empowered us on the shore. Strength went into our being. We caught the fish. I knew it had to be the Lord because we had a whole night of proving ourselves. And one shot by divine direction. Get ready. God, through one act of divine direction, is going to erase an entire night full. So now watch this. Right there on the ship at the Sea of Tiberias, the Lake of Gennesaret, the Lord said, cast the net in on the right side of the ship and you shall find. With those words, change was accepted. Because he didn't just say, throw the net in. He said, throw the net in. He told us what to do, how to do it, and what to expect. So... So do you notice we got from him an impartation of his granted nature. A type of the new birth. A type of getting a God idea. How many can use God ideas today? Keep your hands up. This week I predict God will inspire you. God will knock on the door of your heart. God will direct you. God will motivate you. best come upon you in the mighty name of the king and so the strength comes into them and and we enclose that 
and we grab it but when we come to the shore and he's writing it and he says now listen the Lord said what is it to you if I would that this man or this one remains till I come and he says I've got to correct this you know he's thinking by the Holy Spirit I've got to correct this because it's spread abroad probably all the Gentile churches guaranteed the seven churches in Asia minor that John was directed to write the word of the Lord to in the, in the book of Revelation were all under the doctrine word was out this man will never die till Jesus comes back Well, don't look at me like that. You don't have any New Testament writings other than John's telling you that that's not what it meant. Nobody wrote about it. Paul didn't write. Nobody said John's going to (laughs) die. Don't look at me like that. Nobody wrote about it. Only the apostle John said that's not what he meant. Because everybody else wrote and passed away. They were martyred. Now I'm not saying. Doctor is not saying that they didn't know whether or not John was going to leave. Does that make sense? That's not what I said. I said that he's not. He's not wrong. About the word spreading. Among brothers and believers abroad. Saying that this disciple will not die. He's totally right about it. That's what they believed. Until he wrote in his gospel. That that's not what the Lord meant. But the point is. That if you can live. For 20. From 20. From I mean. nine From. From. From 30 AD, this 21, chapter 21, it's about 30 AD, and the Lord rose. And you could live from there all the way to pushing the second century and probably a few years into it. That's 70 plus years after you're a young disciple. In a world that's hunting Christians down, killing them. And you're kidding. Are you kidding me? Then you publish the inspired word of God and you have to put in it. But that's not what God meant. He's like going, yo, mailing list. Soon, I got to go sometime. But I told you, FCV, I told you that Peter was, a, was, a, was an analogy of the martyred first generation. And John was allegorically, we who are alive and remain. He's showing us that we will push right into a pagan world with the Christian message, with the good news, healing the sick, casting out devils, delivering the captive, magnifying the king of glory. Glory be to God. We're living in the authority and the dominion and the power of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And where do I see myself in the next 10 years? I see myself right in the center of a victory lane. Running with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I 
see you victorious, triumphant, successful, healthy, whole. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. So, so, so the Lord uses that word. What is it to you if I will that he remains till I come? And then he performs that word in Revelation chapter 1. By appearing to John when John is in his 90s. And commissioning him to write the things he sees. And then all of the ancient historians that are church historians agree that John wrote his gospel after Matthew, Mark, Luke by a long shot, by decades after. And almost everyone agrees that the writings of John were late first century. So this is proof that there was a living witness and no concocted doctrine. So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. That was the confession of church from the beginning. Come on. So, so that Jesus Christ as Lord was the confession of the church from the beginning. So this, this faith that we have was our faith from the beginning. It didn't take a committee. It didn't take a, um, you know, a, a meeting uh, for us to vote Jesus in as God. Are you listening? This is the faith of the Lord himself given to the body of the church. Should I stop? No. You sure? Yes. See, it's very important. How many do not feel the word is weaker because it was written later in that century? Somebody said, well, nobody knew this word. Yes, they did. We had thousands of people running around preaching the word of the living God. We had hundreds of eyewitnesses that were visited directly by the Lord of glory himself after he rose from the... We know exactly how to be born again. We know exactly how to conduct baptism. We know exactly how to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. We have been believing the truth of the word of God since the word of God himself blessed bread, break it, and gave it to us to eat on the shore of Gennesareth with him. And we're not going to stop now. We're going to gather now. We're going to see mountains move now. We're going to see spiritual giants fall now. We're going to see answers to prayer now. We're going to magnify the Lord in that living now. I'm going to read it to you again twice, two verses. And then if you have a minute, I'd like to just take us one concluding account. Is that all right? How many of us, you said, doctor, today I want to see the most from God done in in the simplest and most expeditious fashion. How many would like to see God do the most in the simplest, fastest way? So, beloved, now are we the sons of God. 
And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, if you look at that word in the Greek, you'll, you'll find out that that word appear also means make, makes himself known or uh, manifests his presence. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Notice here, the apostle John says, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So this is something he knows. Well, he doesn't have just the epistles and the gospels witness on that because he's one of the gospel writers. He has the experience of being on the shore and, and, and being on the road and being in Jerusalem and being in all of the times when the Lord appeared and, and went ahead and dealt with something. And I'm going to deal with that right now before uh, I need to remember it later. The Lord appeared and said, fear not. Every time he appeared after he rose from the dead, he said, fear not. Now I'm saying to you today, fear not. I'm saying to you today, fear not. Not because I'm risen from the dead. Fear not anything. Fear not anything because the Lord is with you. He's already dealt with that. He has put fear away from the church. And the second thing is when we saw the Lord, we saw victory over death. So we never had to fear death again. Because in Christ, we saw victory over death. We know, so the apostle John knew that when the Lord appeared, now how many understand if the Lord appears and says, come sit down, let's eat, that it would be your first inclination to be a little nervous. No, how many understand? But the only way we wouldn't be nervous is if he did something that took away the reasons for nervousness. And that his very presence literally tilts and annihilates any lying tongue against you. On the side of the Lord, there's absolute vindication. Just like a little baby can trust their parent and run to their parent because they have nothing but uh, expectation of goodness. Rightly so. So will the saint when the Lord appears. There's nothing but goodness and invitation. Come on. Come on. Come on. Vindication. Now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when, when he shall appear. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Well how is he John? Well as he is. Herein is our love made perfect. Verse 17 of chapter 4. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Woo glory to God. Somebody just stand there. Stand there. Just stand there. A thousand could fall on one side. Ten thousand on the other side. But it shall not come near you. Stand there. Boldness. Boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is. 
Do you notice he, the apostle John is a theologian. But this, the word of God is actually alive and powerful. The word of God cannot lie. He could have said anything. He could have said as he is, so shall we be. But he didn't say that, did he? So if he didn't say that, then that's not the way you should think. If he didn't say that, that's not an excuse we should make. And so, so the, Lord, the Lord shows up and says, hey, hey, do you have any food? No, but one day in the by and by. That's not what he said. He said, when I invite you to dinner, you're going to have a choice ability to bring the tithe and the offerings that I've empowered you to catch. The Lord is going to bless you. The Lord is going to enrich you. The Lord is going to revive you. The Lord is going to empower you. I'm going to take one more account. Can I, Dr. Robin? I know, I know, I know the power of God's all over this place. Do you want to look with me? This is right around the miracles of the multiplication of loaves and fishes. But the Lord talked to me about it last night regarding you. And our global church family. And our national church family, get ready. Be part of the gathering of all the champions. This is another one of the accounts or miracles that the apostle John left us with. One of the things he was teaching, preaching about, and sharing with his disciples and his students and his churches all over the world. And he put it in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John. Jesus perceived that because of the miracle, one of the miracles of the multiplication of the bread and the fish that his overabundant numbers of disciples we were going to grab him and crown him by force king now listen to those words they're in the in the 15th verse listen to these words because doctor's not making them up when Jesus therefore perceived That they would come and take him by force. To make him a king. (laughs) Did you read that? And it's not funny? (laughs) You're either a king or you're not. If you're a king. You shouldn't be taken by force. By your own subordinates. Do you see how man wants his own way? Even if it's to put a crown on his own head? 
his own disciples. No wonder the Lord would later on that day after we gathered again to the tune of thousands upon tens of thousands. The Lord just said, I know what to do. I'll just preach about my flesh and my blood for a while. That's what he did. That's what he did. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's not where I'm going. I just thought I'd let you know. See, the Lord just said, oh, you're just coming over here now because you ate of the food and all that. And you're laboring for that temporary meal. And then, you know, people just bucked up and said, well, we got the bread from heaven. He said, no, you didn't. Your, your forefathers are all dead in the wilderness. And, you know, that'll rile you up, right? Don't mess with people's roots. the truth that's the truth anyway and then he starts preaching all of us all of us but you know your background shouldn't dictate your destination your background should not dictate your destination your redeemer can change your direction you might, be, you might be the first person in your lineage that has been graduated from God's school of the miraculous. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So he starts, the Lord starts talking about eat my flesh, drink my blood. Unless you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have no life in you. You're going to die. You're going to die. Next thing you know, he's barely got 12 disciples. It's funny, isn't it? And when you read it, you don't know what he's doing. What he's doing, he wants to make sure he loves you and I so much. And he's got tens of thousands of people thinking about taking him by force to make him their king. And he would not be able to go to the cross to redeem us. That's not what he came to do. He was already and he is the king. But he came down to die for us and to deliver us. So he began to preach the deep stuff. The Lord knows how to get rid of fake disciples. (laughs) Do you have a minute? But while he is headed to the other side, because he hid himself from this crowd, sent them away, and and sent us, put the disciples in the ship, and sent us across the Sea of Gennesaret. And so everybody thought that's Jesus with the disciples going across the sea. And the sea is boisterous, winds, storm, everything. And we want a king. You know, people want a king. Especially one that could just bless the food. And presto, you got baskets full. Oh my goodness. He's my king. That food is simply divine. Praise God. And so we're, we're out there about 100 and 
Well, actually, what's 185 times 30? Anyway. Yeah. It's about 5,500 yards out there. So they're not like a few feet from the shore. So we're out there about 55 yards into the sea and the Lord comes walking on the water. Like like the storm is not scary enough, right? (laughs) So... So we're in, we're in the ship. We're heading towards Capernaum. It's dark. The sea arose by reason of great wind that blew in, in, in there in verse 18 and verse, is that verse 19? So when we had rowed about 20, uh, about 5 and 20, 30, whatever furlongs. So we just did the math, 5,500 yards. Five, that's what I said. 5,500, right? It's give, give or take a few yards, right? Because it said about 30, uh, 20 or 30 furlongs, right? So there's a little playroom there. The point is that John is just measuring it by way of his experience. It's pretty accurate. And so they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship. And they were afraid. Well, no kidding, they were afraid. (laughs) Nothing worse than the wind being contrary, except somebody... not being funny it is funny because it is it's dark it's at night it's stormy it's windy it's the sea you're 5,000 plus feet from any kind of land that I know of and then here comes a man walking on the water and the Lord is not in the ship so you're like oh good So, (laughs) 
And so drawing near, drawing near to the, to the ship, he's drawing near to the ship, so we're afraid, we're, we're terrified. And uh, and then the Lord, the Lord says, he said unto them, it is I, be not afraid. And, and the English rendition here, um, to be faithful to grammar, and yet it's a little weaker than the, than the original language. He said, I am he. Because the word I am is the same title for the I am. Does that make sense? So I am he, I am the one is the same, the same thing God said to Moses regarding I am that I am has sent you. So the Lord identifies himself with the with the uh, with the divine with, with the Godhead with the Godship title of I am so it is I is correct but I am he is also very clear because it shows Christ revealing to the apostles while they're in a stormy situation before the cross before the burial before the resurrection that he is the one so this is all over our New Testament so people that just read the surface of the English or certain languages, they just say, well, Jesus never called himself whatever Christians are calling him. Well, they don't know what they're talking about because the Christians have been believing this before this was even written. What you talking about? The word. The word himself invited us. You catching this? So this is consistent. The, the holy writing is meticulously consistent and if you do have the Greek or anything the Syriac Aramaic or any you'll notice I am he is more proper or I am does that make sense how many have found that already did you look at it you taking my word for it okay oh you didn't know that All right, let's ready. One, two, three, go. Thank you. Now this, if I could take a little bit of of, um, license here, prophetic license. I want to apply this account to your journey and my journey, the church's journey. To our destiny or to the other side. So it's still the same. If you look at it. It's not an account recorded about something that happened 2,000 years ago. It's an account recorded regarding the Lord's faithfulness to intervene in his own disciples launching to reach a destination. So if you've ever been in windy times, stormy times, turbulent times, spiritual contradictions, headwinds, oppositions, has it been dark in your life? Is anybody here knows what I'm talking about? Is it, it's been overcast in your life. Are you ready for the Lord Jesus to identify himself as he approaches your boat so that you won't think it's the other guy? This is, this is powerful. 
They willingly received him into the ship and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went or the land where they wanted to go to. And remember what I told you? To do the most in what? In the simplest way? The Greek word on that, the land that they would go to, it's the land that they've launched out to go to, willing to settle for slow progress. So they're there. Their destination is farther than their expectation. And then the Lord comes on the ship. And when we receive him immediately, the ship is on the... There is a level of faith that God is ready to give his church. So that you won't let the wind, the storms, the waves dictate your speed with which you reach your destiny. If that is you, jump up. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com and we'll see you next week.